Wow. Where to begin? Let's just get started. And they are going to win! Pierre Gasly wins the Italian Grand Prix! Three cars going wheel to wheel as Perez is caught by Charles Leclerc and his three cars gone off! It's a DNF for MAX! The World Championship record is equaled. Lewis Hamilton, seven-time champion of the world! I think he's going to go, wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd uh, try and keep it, you know, short and sweet because, um, you know. He's all getting shorter. I know. One day there'll just be a, a single sound of, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should just start with, let's get started. And then the next time just say, get started. And then the time after that, just say, started. started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice, nice, nice. Right, that's the kind of quality content that our listeners wait for. Um. <laughs> absolutely yes um so there, there was so much that happened at baku instead of me just saying oh sergio perez getting first place so incredible mm-hmm. i'm going to be challenging all of you i'll be taking part as well to try and sum up this race weekend in five semi-cryptic bullet points uh less oh context God. the better I'll, I'll go first if you want me Please to do. <laughs> so first of all turn 15 all right. Yeah, Second one. Agreeing. Thank you. Um, red flag, <laughs> red car pole. In regards to Saturday, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, Pirelli failure, self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. Mercedes and Haas showdown. <laughs> oh, oh God, yeah. And finally, um, Red Bull past, present, and future podium finish yes it yes it mm. was this is very good tom oh thank these you. are these are excellent thank um, you thank you many thank many you. topics there that we will will divulge into in into this in this podcast i i, I reckon mm-hmm. absolutely someone else go now and uh see what you can uh hit me with are you prepared Liv? no i well and in fact what was interesting is i hadn't prepared five whole bullet points but on one part of my page i'd written the words has sandwich because yeah. <laughs> because bottas and hamilton were either side of the house so i was actually prepared so has sandwich shall be one of my bullet points i've also got tired tires but i don't have any more than that so you go next <laughs> thanks liv no um <laughs> so uh but mine are mine are less less fine but uh so my, mine is um <clears throat> lights out yeah, mm-hmm. integrity yep. race. Uh, fight for first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. Crash <laughs> is a cryptic. <laughs> um, I think I think I got the wrong end of the stick here. Uh, uh, Perez versus Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Crash V two. Pirelli failure. Boogaloo. <laughs> and uh, and then um, I I think this. <laughs> Good on Mark. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe that, so that was him. Yeah, I've yeah. never heard a scream like that. Uh, well, no, actually, that's not true at all. We have heard that scream. Um, it sounds it like the me. goat. Oh, I, I was going to say I literally screamed like that. It was wow, honestly, so exciting. Um, I've also added to mine people. I have three now. Um, yeah, <laughs> my third on, one then. is Return of Sebastian. And Ooh. Yeah, I was I was trying to do a pun of Return of the Man, but it didn't work. Sebastian oh. doesn't doesn't fit. Um, <laughs> and then I also will have Red Flag, which is boring but true, because mm. damn, there were so many. Um, and I don't have a favorite. <laughs> um, wait, let me think of one. Just give me a second. Tristan, you can cut out the long pause, or maybe just put some cricket sounds whilst I'm thinking. Like, 
these 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 features are um, well planned and thought ahead. So that, okay. that's that's um, pretty good. Is is would you say that Vettel is the man, though? Yeah. No. 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 Return of the man. Um, I want to say something about Pierre. Go. Uh, g- gas to go fast. That's got to go. Gas go fast. Gas go fast. No, no. As gas. in, as in, gas to go fast. Got to go fast. Oh, yeah. Gazzy. We've got to yeah. push the gas pedal. Yeah. Foot on the gas. <laughs> foot, on, foot on the gas. <laughs> foot on the gas. I love it. I'm um, going to go foot on the gas. Sounds like he's being crushed. Yeah. Um, oh, well, um, well, we'll come back to this, I think. Okay, my fifth one is foot on the gas. <laughs> because of Pierre Gazzi's brilliant weekend. And then, yeah, let's talk about all of these points that we've made. Absolutely. So to add a bit more context, in qualifying it finished Leclerc in first, Hamilton in second, uh, Verstappen third, uh, Gasly fourth, Sainz fifth, and then it ended completely differently. Perez won, Vettel was second, Gasly third, Leclerc fourth, and Norris in fifth. Where where, where do we begin uh, in this race? What is the top line in your view? We should talk about Perez, who obviously won the race in Baku. But the reason I think that is because I think there's actually a lot more to talk about in and more exciting and, you know, other topic areas that we can really dig into. But I think we should give him the first mention. At the end of the day, he won the race. But I would say, I don't know if you guys agree with me, but the biggest talking points are actually a lot of other things because he managed to maintain a position pretty <laughs> quite well and then got mm. quite lucky at the end. Um so yeah, let's let's cover Perez and maybe what this means for him at Red Bull, and then sort of move on to the the bigger topics, perhaps. So I think that the, the my analysis of of this race starts with a rather smug face, which doesn't translate very well into podcast or radio. But mm. <laughs> there you go, it's the sound <laughs> of a smug face. Mm. Because um, as as many times we get this get it wrong on F one in review, sometimes we get it right, and. Um, I'd like to throw back to last week when uh, I said the words, I don't think the qualifying result will translate into the end result we get at the end of the race. And, um, oh, just add it to the collection of, of <laughs> statements that have uh, aged like fine wine. It's why people come to me for insight and uh, key knowledge on the F1. Just so good at predicting it. So, um, yes, going that, that was really the, the bottom line for me about this race was, yet again... Baku has thrown spanners into the works of many teams. It has rolled the dice of chance for for all the drivers, and I, I love I love the fact I love the fact that Gasly did well. I think I even said that last week. I said I really wanted Gasly to do well. I thought the Alpha Tauri would do well. So got big pat on the back for me. So well done, me. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's the thing about Baku. I love it. It's one of my favourite races of the year. I was sad to see Singapore isn't going to be on there because that's another street race that's done really well. And yet again, Baku has proven that it should be put after Monaco because it can just lift Formula 1 into the next realm of entertainment. Of course, I was, I'm was i a little bit uh, suspicious, let's say, of Pirelli and their, their tyre performance, and as is the rest of the community, I think. Um, but with the benefit of hindsight... I think we can say that given that the drivers were all okay and there was no problems, it was a truly entertaining race and one I had I had my heart in my mouth many times, especially watching Perez just do an absolutely stellar performance of mm-hmm. holding back Hamilton mm-hmm. as 
Verstappen even said that he was um, just cruising at the front. So this was a fine display of Red Bull dominance. How the shoe has landed on the other foot for uh, for Red Bull. The shoe of Mercedes, let's say, is, is landed on the foot. You make a you make a good point about Perez because obviously in my previous comment I was like, oh, we do like it's not the biggest talking point, and it's not. But as you say, yeah, you got we've got to think back to those whilst Verstappen was far in the distance, those many occasions when the commentators and everyone was, oh look, they're you know. Hamilton's closing in on Perez like he can pass him on this lap here you know here's the DRS zone he'll pass him he'll pass him and Mm. somehow (laughs) he did such a fantastic job of it um and so yeah it is definitely worth a mention and and as you say Red Bull dominance and if it wasn't for Pirelli and obviously that's a topic to you know look into but it would have been an absolutely sensational performance by them but I I kind of think that obviously now as you say because no one was injured and no one was hurt I'm kind of glad that that happened with Verstappen because it obviously brought on that restart and then the restart brought in some really, really exciting racing and it brought on the drama with Hamilton and it allowed Gasly to battle with Charles. And um, it, yeah, it, in hindsight, everything was great, but obviously at the time it was quite concerning. And I um, I just find it really, really fortunate that both of those incidents, starting with Strolls, which to start with, I think should have been red flag because it was just as bad and he also looked very like shaken up, um, but whatever. Um, both of those instances were very lucky were uh, sort of in isolation as it were neither of them had cars in in a close proximity to them because i think that those situations could have been a hell of a lot worse hmm. if you know we're very lucky i i, I see it as that no, not only were they not hurt but they weren't involved in spinning into another car because i can't even imagine i don't know about you guys but driving along at the speeds that they're driving and suddenly losing all control of the car, the car, it just goes from underneath you and you're flying towards a wall. Like you can't, mm. because in a lot of other crashes, you're you're seeing it coming and you're going, I'm going to crash here. And you brace and you, you know, um, brake and you try to, you have absolutely no idea. You're going along, your foot is on the floor. <laughs> so I think there could be, could have been some awful incidents. And personally, I'm not 100% believing Pirelli when they're like, oh yeah, it was just a bit of debris. Like, <laughs> yeah, what please. debris? <laughs> I, I don't yeah. agree that it's not two it happened to, to two cars and for me like that's not a good enough explanation and they're just Pirelli are very lucky that no one was badly hurt because I've no, I was so shocked I don't know about you guys like with Stroll I was shocked enough but with Verstappen I, I was off my sofa like hands in the air like what the hell is that I could not believe mm. it was him out of all of the cars I just couldn't believe it was him just out front just absolutely smashing it just chilling beautiful win boom like it was so dramatic but five, yeah. five laps <laughs> five uh, was it yeah. five laps four laps something yeah. like that i think it was like four by the yeah <laughs> that it, was oh. Oh, i mean it was it was disastrous but going going back to perez mm. who who for me is kind of the man of the hour because i, I just think i think he got i think he's been underrated actually i think you underrate him a little bit in in, in terms of your analysis of how well he did um because yeah. to enough. me i i think he he his drive was the cornerstone to Red Bull's success. And that's that's the end of it. There is no... Any slip-up, right? If he, if he just you know, clipped the wall, if he had even given up, you know, just somewhere, it's a little bit of time to Hamilton, that would have been it. And then mm. Hamilton would have would have been in, in sort of first... Well, not counting his, his Hamilton's, <laughs> Hamilton's thing, which I'm sure we'll come on to. You know, that, that would have been really disastrous. So he really saved the team and mm-hmm. it's important actually to highlight that when when the second seat of Red Bull has had a had a curse on it for so long 
after Ricardo did some sort of evil magic to it as he left. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's important to highlight that this is a, the next chapter maybe for for Red Bull and we have been waiting for someone else to pick up the gauntlet and take the fight to the Mercedes number 2 driver Bottas because it has been too easy for Mercedes maybe we say that Hamilton has a lot of luck and he does but also you make your own luck when you're not being challenged you make more mistakes when the pressure's on and so I think Perez did a stellar job on Sunday. And yeah, his Saturday yeah. performance wasn't that brilliant. But watching him overtake the fir- the two cars at the very, very beginning um, to get up to fourth position was some fantastic driving. And he mm. just did what he needed to do. And the only the only like little thing that went wrong wasn't even his fault when his when his, his fault, car yeah. uh, the hydraulic power um, started failing. So if you watch the end when the team come on to congratulate them in the most uninspired way. When I, I hate Red Bull when they're like, oh, well done, you've done really well. We're really, really pleased. Um, none of them show any emotion. It's really weird. Um, I don't know why. Maybe they're all part robots. They're Who all knows? dead inside. Mm. They're all... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, they... Uh, that they they told him quick you gotta pull over you gotta pull over now stop mm. and the reason for that was because his hydraulic power was failing they were mm. unsure whether or not he was even going to be able to do the last lap let alone the last like couple of corners and whatnot so he was lucky that his hydraulics didn't go but he didn't he nursed at home he got that first position and now the constructors they are you know well ahead in the mm. constructors mm. um mm. and Perez is now third position in the drivers' championship. When you when you look at the fact that Perez came all the way from sixth place to to win this race is quite remarkable. And as you say, he's he's done what Albon and Gasly could never do. And in, insofar that he's been able to not only win this race but be a solid, as you say, providing um, supporting force uh, to Verstappen. And it's one of those where I feel that. Um, if he hadn't have been there, if he hadn't have been holding Hamilton back and Hamilton would have had a free range at a first position, we'd be hearing all about it. We'd be hearing about how Perez you know, wasn't delivering, how he'd been a disappointment, how was he really a, a sort of step up from Albon. But the fact that he's up there and did his job, you know, to a T, and he said at the start of the season as well, you know, judge me after five races and I'll show you what I can do. Well, we're after five races now. He's doing more than enough in terms of supporting uh, Verstappen. He's holding Hamilton back a great deal. And he's he's winning the battle between uh, himself and Bottas quite clearly. And as I sort of alluded to towards the start of the season, it will come down to which driver is consistent enough throughout the season in regards to which constructor wins the constructors. And as mm-hmm. it stands, you've got... A very consistent Perez. You've got a Bottas who, in my view, is floundering. And I'm not going to question his talent, but I think that for both him and Mercedes, they need to part company at the end of the season. Um, and I think that could be the deciding factor. So um, he's really shown what he can do. We know that Baku was one of his favourite circuits, but he's executed potential, which for so long with Red Bull, it's all been about what they could do, what they um, have the ability to do, but not what they actually do. And what I think we saw at Baku was really the Red Bull of old, the the Red Bull uh, that had Seb Vettel and Mark Webber uh, and was really running amok of the field. I mean, if Pirelli's tyres had been more durable, then of course it would be absolute dominance. But um, Perez was there and that's all you can ask for, really. 
Yeah, I think you're absolutely right in what you said about that he's exactly what they've been waiting for in, in these past couple of years. Um, that was exactly what um, Christian Horner said on so many times. We need someone that's there that if Max Verstappen were to, for some reason, be unable to finish the race, if he DNF'd, we need our second driver to be scoring our solid points. And I think he said that at a, uh, an occasion where Max DNF'd and Albon or someone was unable to, I mean, it must have been Albon, I think, um, to score, you know, to make up. You need someone that's going to make up for the, the if your main driver is lacking. And, you know, he still remains the second driver at this time, you know, but he's, he did his job absolutely of being there for when Verstappen wasn't. And he did it very, very, very well. And I think, um, yeah, he, that, he is good at Baku. So obviously it wasn't, the, like, I was going to say a surprise. Like obviously it was, <laughs> it was a surprise to see him win, but, you know, he, that was his third podium at Baku um, out of only five, I think five years they've been there. Um but my point, <laughs> I feel like I need to go back to my first point. I don't think that he wasn't standout at all. But when we were just discussing how we should start the podcast, I thought he would be a good place to start because then we could lead to the more dramatic events. I wasn't saying <laughs> that he wasn't on top form because he was fantastic. But um, I just thought as events went, it was the least, oh my God, he'd, he'd performed well, stuck with it, stayed in position. And then Hamilton had an off and you know, at the end of the day, Hamilton was going to be in the lead at the end of that first corner. Um, so, and, and P2 would have been an excellent finish for Checo, but obviously he got super lucky with that. And then, yeah, his performance, you know, matched it and he was able to be there for Red Bull when he needs to be. Well done, Perez. Yes, good for him. <laughs> good for you, well Good Perez. for him. Yeah. <laughs> it was a real feel, wasn't it a feel-good race? It was. That podium made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Well... It depends who you're driving for, but yes, yes. Yeah, okay, fine. For if you're a big Bottas fan, you might not feel like a feel good race, but for, from just a, a fan's perspective, mm. I was watching it with, you know, a, a group, and um, when Verstappen crashed, someone just yells, "No, the championship!" <laughs> I was like, "Oh, yeah." That was how I felt yeah. because obviously at that point we didn't expect. Um, Hamilton to have any instance because of how obviously solid he is as a driver and we haven't seen a mistake by him in so long um at that point when Verstappen went off that's all I kept saying to my parents is like that's it like I was this was Verstappen's chance to absolutely like make such a big impact on the championship on the driver's championship um and now Ham- and then I said now I'm just gonna win Hamilton's gonna win that's what I was sat yep. there saying mm-hmm. it's gonna win it's gonna just it's gonna make it less, less exciting again and I was convinced of it and so I think as well I, I saw a couple of people and interviews and stuff afterwards people were saying Verstappen doesn't seem as disappointed as you think and it's because yeah, he, he yeah. was he was probably absolutely raging for about 10 minutes or however long it took for Hamilton and then the restart happened yep. Hamilton went off and he went fantastic yeah. <laughs> and so he was in really good mood by the time Checo was on the podium and they were doing all the post um race interviews so it was quite entertaining should really, we but... should we talk about why Verstappen went off then and um and discuss the uh the elephant in the room which is the the Pirelli tires Tom what what do you make of this Pirelli have already mm. said they yeah. think it was due to debris being on the track I don't know if I don't know about you but I watched the replays I didn't see any debris is this just Pirelli covering their track Perhaps, mm. yeah. or um or was it actually you know a bit of grit and dirt what do you think it's quite a tricky one to judge because when you consider that Verstappen's tyres were what five laps old as we say and then compare that to strolls that were like 31 laps old it's quite hard to judge whether it is debris or whether it is where 
Uh, I think from what we're being told and what we've seen and all the news that's come out so far is that this is a durability issue. We know that um, uh, Pirelli have made the tyres softer in terms of uh, the compound that they are, that they're not being dubbed as durable enough by the drivers. This comes before Baku, before the season, and we know how controversial uh, the sort of changing of the tyres was um, from Pirelli. So... I think it'd be very difficult for me to sit here and say with absolute certainty that this wasn't related to that and this wasn't a aware issue because yes we heard from the commentators that oh there's a lot of things blowing around in Baku you know sandwich wrappers um, crisp packets etc but at no point was there really anything that would ins- would uh, tell me or or show anyone else that um uh, Stroll crashed because of debris because there hadn't been a crash before Stroll there wasn't debris on the track aside from worn rubber that comes off tyres throughout the race anyway so mm, I think it's very much Pirelli covering their own tracks I think really they, they've they almost been caught short in many ways I don't think they really predicted or understood the implications that their new uh, tyre compounds could have on a race or on indeed driver safety and I think they've got a lot of questions to answer, but um, it remains to be seen, in my view, whether we'll see any substantial change that will fix this issue moving forwards. Because, as we said last episode, and it still remains the case in this episode, we're still very, very early on into the season. We've still got a lot of racing to go and a lot of high-speed power circuits to go too, which makes me think that, you know, God forbid, we could see, you know, another race uh, another episode where we're talking about how the Pirelli tires have failed us and how they're the biggest issue to talk about so um yeah I hope that change takes place but I kind of doubt it will immediately yeah I completely had Silverstone 2020 flashbacks as soon as Stroll's tire went and all I could think about was obviously how many was it then? Three or four tyres failed in that race when Hamilton limped across the line um, mm. with his. The, the, how he managed to keep, keep going, I, I don't know. But that was a multiple tyre incident there. And it just shows that it, it can happen. And I'm, in my opinion, that's another example of that. That's what we saw this weekend. I don't personally... I don't believe I don't say I don't believe I I'm sure debris may have like you know contributed whatever but I don't personally believe that that same thing could happen to two cars on the same tires in such a short proximity like a short amount of time and it does worry me like I mentioned earlier so I won't talk too long but it for me that's not acceptable because that's how drivers get seriously seriously hurt or worse because you can't just fly into a wall at top speed like these cars are super safe as we know now but you know then it's never perfect and it's very different from an accident caused by a driver that they've put the situation they've put themselves in they've just been driving along you know and it was an it was a really i think we should touch upon the fact that it was a fantastic call from christian horner and the team at red bull to ask for that red flag from the FIA. By the way, fantastic insights with the FIA radios again. Yeah, Absolutely love loved, that. loved oh, it. I that loved was... it when McLaren were just like, oi, he oh, should get a penalty. Oh, the McLaren <laughs> one was funny as well. Yeah. Um, Sonoda was speeding. Give him a yeah, penalty because Sonoda... he's in um, front of us. But um, yeah, I thought that was funny. But yeah, just going back, Red Bull obviously by by requesting that red flag was risk were risking their own win, um, because obviously from a race restart we know that Hamilton could be very 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 strong and they knew that. But they were saying it's not safe for the entire rest of the pack, the rest of the grid, to continue driving on those tires and called the red flag. And it really I did appreciate that a lot because I do often think of Red Bull as very much 
you know, no thoughts, just action, you know, just win. <laughs> like, I, 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 they are quite savage as a team. We know how they have treated some drivers and stuff in the past, but they showed the right, you know, really good attitude there by calling that red flag. And obviously it ended up being a fantastic restart for all of, for all of us to witness. Um, but yeah, tyres, I'm not happy about it. And I think that, as you say, Tom, it might happen again because in just in the past two years, we've seen it twice, you know, hot tracks, really fast tracks. And I think... Um, Mm. and obviously it was it was the temperature in Silverstone that caught them out because uh, obviously it was like a heat wave wasn't it um, whether they should have been more prepared for Baku yeah, I don't know but you're right Tom in saying that I don't know if much will change from it but you're right in saying that they should it was a fantastic call from, oh, yeah. from Red Bull mm, yeah. <laughs> and actually uh, it's one I didn't necessarily expect I thought they would just be like, well, we'll be behind the safety car now. Exactly. You um, can just roll across the line. <laughs> but as as it turns out, it ended up providing us with uh, more drama than we could ever, ever imagine. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 think, I think the problem with Pirelli is, on one hand, they are trying to produce a tyre that is, well, that can sustain going 51 laps at, you know, speeds of 200 miles an hour. And then also being nice and strong, and but also being soft enough that they can give you the grip you need when they're going really slowly around, like like Monaco, and that's why they have six compounds. But that's not very many compounds, and they've also got to bake into that this failure that we saw. It's it's no secret that F1 is a show. And that might be part of the reason why they also decided to red flag the race. It's a great show to have this two-lap sprint race, but mm. on the on you know as part of that show, you, teams have to change tires because that's part of the drama. And as a result, Pirelli bake into the tires this this failure rate at X amount of laps. They believe that the tires will will fail, and teams can neither push to that boundary or not and what they really let let themselves down they let the teams down and they let the well f1 in general down really was they said that they could do 40 laps on these hard tires and they didn't manage 30 and yeah. that's well that's 25 percent right yeah mm. it is that's 25 percent off the mark and so i think what we need to assess is to what extent we like to have the tyre drama baked into Formula 1 because sometimes it's the only thing we have and so we're going to have these failures um, which just excite things a bit but that's it really isn't it I don't think Pirelli are going to change their model we know that they are testing out um, bigger rims for next year so it'll be less rubber, same diameter of the tyre overall, but the rims will be larger uh, than they are now. And so with it will be interesting to see how they, they adjust the tyres accordingly to make sure that they can they can perform. But we like the drama in F1, so what are we going to do? I mean, as, as we say, now that we know all the teams are okay, without that Verstappen failure, without that Stroll failure we wouldn't have Sebastian Vettel on the podium. We wouldn't have Pierre yeah. Gasly on the podium. Mm -hmm. And if you successfully predicted this podium lineup, 
please get in touch because I'd like to consult you about the future lottery numbers. Yeah, you'd be a very <laughs> rich man. I saw someone um, who predicted it almost, but with uh, Gasly and Vettel the other way around. But even so, why those two? You know, Vettel started in eleven, and you know, why yeah. would you not? Why would you not have you know Verstappen and Hamilton in the mix there as well? So whoever predicted that, you know, that's pretty close. Not if you predicted just no order, but those yeah. from the podium, then he would have it. So yeah. Yes, so many people are saying that Sebastian Vettel and, to a lesser extent, Fernando Alonso are quote-unquote back after Vettel finished second and Alonso was able to finish sixth. Vettel coming from 11th, um, Alonso coming from 8th. What do, you, what do you guys think? Do you think that Vettel is quote-unquote back or did he never leave? I wouldn't say, you know, let's all start predicting him for the championship. <laughs> <laughs> However, it is really, really refreshing to see him you know it wasn't just oh yeah we got to see him on a podium and that's great we also got to see some real talent and some real skill in his driving and he's never lost it of course but we've just never really we haven't seen it in in so long and it was exciting to watch him and he was making some really great moves and he was you know he was just driving really really well and and especially it's worth noting that in the practice uh, the practice sessions he wasn't exactly standout you know he was something like 15th 16th in the first couple of practice sessions but in the race obviously where it counts and we know he's such an experienced driver that's why you know part of the reason why he's so been so successful and why he will continue to get good results like this is because he just he's such a good driver and yeah it was just nice to witness and i saw someone someone's tweet which i thought summarized it really nicely not for me personally because i always love him but someone said like a lot of people seem to have gone off sebastian a little bit and this this person said i felt like i'd gone off sebastian i couldn't work out what it was it turned out i didn't like i didn't like the person that he was when he wasn't happy and suddenly he's grinning ear to ear on a podium and this guy was like actually i do really like sebastian we've just not seen him anyway but yeah he just but he wasn't happy at ferrari we all know that um so i'm i don't think we're gonna see it every week but I like to think that he's now comfortable enough with the car. He's in a good position. We know that, you know, that car has the pace. It's got the package to put him in a good position. You know, he had to do a lot, some work to get there, but it put him in a good position. And, you know, we can expect to see some decent results from him and Lance in that car over the next, you know, there's, as you say, there's so many races to go. But no, I don't think he's back as in back to where he was back at Red Bull level. Um, but I think that we're definitely seeing a bit of a rejuvenation of him and I'm so glad of that because it's really, really good to see. And also, because um, it, it was a little bit depressing in a way, the way he sort of have just fizzled. And um, it's just nice to have a little bit of a moment like that. And also you mentioned Alonso too. I, um, yeah, I think <laughs> I'm not the biggest Alonso fan. <laughs> and I think that he... Was, is consistent at the moment. That's what I would say. He's been quite consistent and quite... He's shown, you know, his experience. I wouldn't say I was like, well, I've seen the video of him, you know, gaining something like some number of good number of places in under the restart. And he is talented. But again, I'm not anywhere near thinking this is Alonso's year. You know, he's going to mm. do... He's going to be in the top three in the championship. No, I don't think that'll happen. I personally am under the opinion, like, a whole different ball game. But I'm under the opinion that his seat and that, that seat should go to someone on the up, um, a young a youngster rather than someone who's had their it should turn. should go to Bottas, but, in my view. <laughs> but I think that Alonso... No, seriously, no, seriously. Um, it should... No. I think that um, he did... Well, 
Okay, we'll come on to where Bottas should go. Um, I think that Alonso performed well, and you know P6 was a really good, strong result for the car he has, and you know congrats to him. But I'm not, I'm not expecting this to be the resurgence of Fernando Alonso or Sebastian Vettel as much as I love him too. So Vettel is not back, sort of. No, yeah, like exactly. as mm, I, mm. I disagree. He's not gonna, he's not gonna win any podiums. The Aston Martin is not gonna win any podiums. I've been mildly dis- disappointed with their performance, although I know they picked up second. But you know, let's face it, this is a this is a an out of the ordinary race. It was a nice one though. Um, but yeah, happy Vettel is smiley Vettel. Smiley Vettel is happy Seb, and sa- happy Seb is best Seb. So uh, it's nice to have him back, and he's he's such a great guy. I think um, he's a he's really mm. nice around the paddock and. I didn't like it when he was all sad at, at Ferrari. Oh, oh no, oh, no. And now he's singing and stuff like that. And uh, my favourite bit of all was when he said uh, Feliz Navidad to um, <laughs> <laughs> to, um, <laughs> to Perez or whatever you say. Happy Christmas. Oh. For a man that speaks many languages. I mean, maybe he did mean Happy Christmas. Like, you know, oh, it's Merry maybe. Christmas. It's, it's like his yeah. Christmas present. So, yeah, I, 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 it was really nice to, to see Vettel. In a, in a really happy way and hopefully it continues but unfortunately you know, he is not going to win any world championships anymore but I think he's okay with that I would like to see him challenging for the podium places if he wins a race this year it would be really really cool but you know he's had his podium he was up there with Gaza and um, with Perez yeah there's no cool nickname for that is a yeah um, um, Peza Peza Pezza, Vetters, and Gaza all up there. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> in the gang. Um, and that was really nice to see. So, yeah, I, I don't think he's back like, oh, yeah, he's going to be at the World Championship, whatever. But he's definitely happy. Um, much better relationship than when he was at Ferrari, definitely. And it's so weird to see that like Vettel and Bottas seem to have swapped. Yep. and Bottas is looking really quite sad in the car I mean it doesn't help that he was blamed for something that wasn't his fault back in uh, Monaco (laughs) he stopped two inches above in front of the line no he didn't don't don't blame him for this anyway so Bottas looks has taken the role of of Mr Grumpy um which is which is pretty fair to be honest because hey let's face it Bottas was being challenged by George Russell throughout the race whereas Vettel was making move after move onto the podium. So yeah, let's hope this continues. Vettel, if you're listening, well, invite me to a race, but also con- congratulations. Yeah, I think Vettel sort of uh, a long last found inner peace, if that makes sense. Like I think for many years, he was quite, uh, you know, concerned, angry, floundering at the fact that he was no longer the world champion that he'd been for so many years. And the fact that he couldn't do it with Ferrari, I think is something that's, still sort of uh, hurts to a degree. But now that he's at uh, Aston Martin and a, a good middle table team, let, let's face it, and the fact that he is pretty much the, the senior driver, I'd say, insofar that he's probably consulted a lot about car setup and uh, the direction of the team, etc. I think he's quite happy there. And the fact that he's now got, hey, you know, second place and fifth place, um, two races on the bounce is only going to add to his joy in that regard. But... um. Yeah, I'm I'm with you guys when I don't think that uh, Sebastian Vettel is back. 
Uh, I think, as I say, he was floundering for many years and he sort of stopped the rot with the last two results as opposed to sort of sprung back up to how he was at Red Bull or even uh, these first few years at Ferrari. But um, it's nice to see that he's he's sort of stopped his, his plummet downwards and hopefully he can build, uh, build back up and um, show us what he's made of because we know that he's a talented driver. He never lost the talent. He just lost his confidence and I think fell out with the team at Ferrari, which was quite evident to see. Um, but yeah, I suppose with a Vettel in form and a, a stroll that's improving, if you're an Aston Martin fan, an employee of them or someone who just has a genuine soft spot for them, um, you've got to be pretty hopeful now because, as I say, two good races for him. Stroll was looking quite good in fourth place until um, that crash. You know, I don't want to go and say it's luck that, uh, that uh, Sebastian Vettel's been having the last two races, but in many regards... You know, circumstances have been blowing in his favour. So, um, fingers crossed it, it continues for him. But if you're not a Seb Vettel fan, then obviously you're, you're hoping otherwise. Yes, yeah, so let's talk about Lewis Hamilton. Uh, qualified in second place, as I say. But then, when it came to the, the end... He was all the way down in 15th place, uh, just in front of Latifi and George Russell. And behind, that's behind, both Haas cars. Uh, he looked so, looked so good after the restart. And then I believe he pressed the button known as the magic brake lever, we're being told. And um, resulted in him locking up. And that was that when it came to the points. And um, basically, another awful weekend for Mercedes and the awful weekend for Lewis Hamilton and for Valtteri Bottas. What's going on at Mercedes, do you think? Even before the dramas of the race, I've got to say that practice sessions were a bit meh, weren't they, for Mercedes? People, yeah. people were making jokes the fact that, you know, if you think about back in um, FP2, they were 11th and 16th. People were making jokes that they can't believe the people they had graphics ready for that. Like, the graphic designer was, <laughs> oh my God, they're not P1 and P2, like, like dashing onto quickly onto Photoshop. But genuinely, it was, that in itself for me was like, hmm. And then... What I did, um, which we'll, we may mention quickly at the end, I went on to my fantasy huh. after practice and I removed Lewis Hamilton. Wow. Um, I know, bold. And my mum went, oh, you're going to regret that. And I went, no, look, he's, he's you know, like being P7 and like 11th in, you know, in practice, we're fine. Like. And then, of course, in quali, he went and put it um, in, um, in seconds. Um, on the front row, and I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, <laughs> why? <laughs> um, because I was I was so annoyed. I was like, how's he managed this? Because it's been so poor. But yes, yeah, so it was a poor weekend to start with, to be honest. And and then, yeah. it To start with, looking at, uh, we've been talking about Mercedes, Bottas um, throughout, like, honestly, I forgot he was there. Because... It, it, He's not okay. He's not always as much in the action as Lewis is, but he's always up there, and I'm always just like accepting that he's there. Glance, oh, there's Bottas, whatever. But he wasn't even like on anyone's radar because let's face it, we don't ever see what's going on at the back. <laughs> I forgot he existed. <laughs> it was so weird, and also so. In my, we've said this before, but in my opinion, if that was Lewis, like even on a bad day, which we, we which we're witnessing, he would make up places. Yeah. Like we've, we we yeah. know what and Lewis you can, can do. You can make up places. You can at Baku. You can. Mm-hmm. But Bottas, it so. wasn't happening. It just wasn't happening. It was the honestly was the weirdest thing to witness. So to start with, shocking from Bottas. That's a whole different topic. That I mean, we may you know have a whole topic on the future of him next week or something. But that was very weird. And yet with Hamilton, um, 
I kind of felt at the time, well, before the incident happened, as I mentioned earlier, I kind of felt a little bit disappointed. Not like, obviously, I don't want, I'm a huge fan of Lewis Hamilton, but for the championship-wise, I was like, oh, like, can he not just, can he not win this one? Like, <laughs> it would be exciting if he didn't. And when we lined up for that race door, as I said earlier, I was like, great. So we're going to just see another win for Hamilton. And I was all like, about it. And not one person, and I certainly didn't, I did not expect in any way him to make a mistake that's not lewis like every yes everyone makes mistakes but we that's very 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 rare from him and like mark webber i yelled i screamed i in shock at, at what we saw there on that on the lockup on that okay maybe i describe it as a lockup but as we say there was an issue with the magic brakes on the steering wheel which to start with in my opinion there shouldn't be a, ba- a a button that you could accidentally knock that would cause you to not be able to brake that could cause an accident like well i, I know yeah. formula one is so complex these days but for me like that's too far like brakes are brakes like why have they got buttons that lower the efficiency or increase the efficiency of brakes like they're brakes but anyway um I was so shocked and but also when I knew obviously he wasn't hurt or anything delighted because it it just made the race like what I thought would al- was already one of the best races we've seen in a while 10 times more exciting because of that drama but yeah tough weekend for M- Mercedes just as it had been the one before and you've got to wonder like are we seeing a, a turn of the tide you know is the tide turning because it, it's it's rare we've seen them off for more than one week in a row you know they've had a tough couple of ones you know Germany and the other year and stuff but this is interesting but I think we can just agree that their street circuits are not ideal for them and I'm sure they will be back let's face it okay again in France but not their strongest weekend and I also loved I mentioned this after Monaco just how dramatic they are when they are not um p1 and p2 like the quotes that they put on social like we must climb back from this you know it's okay and well it made me laugh as well when lewis said i feel so humbled by this experience and it's like how much how humble must mick schumacher you know how humble must nicholas latifi be by this point with his finishes if if it's humbling to finish in the bottom you know in the bottom half i thought that was quite funny but it shows how used to it they are and i quite like the fact that it's been such a shock because it makes things so many so much more interesting and like my um point at the at the beginning one of my five points is yeah the Haas sandwich the fact that Mercedes were just chilling <laughs> at the bottom by the end by the Hasses is for me just sums the race up so well and um I wouldn't say I enjoy them um struggling but I'm not disappointed to see it happening yeah uh, well let let's talk about that magic let's. button yes because the way the magic button works is it sets the brake bias to the front uh like 87.5 mm-hmm. and the idea is you set you turn the magic on and when you break you increase the amount of heat therefore that goes into the brake discs right because the braking's being done by the front and it converts the kinetic energy into heat energy and then that gets right. radiated into the tires to heat the tires up. Clever. Mm. Why mm. is the button on the back of a steering wheel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so stupid. Like, redesign it's... needed. Yeah. And so when Hamilton went flying down the down the the start finish straight at the restart, he locked his brakes up because they well he basically just stuck it on to maximum. So yeah, mm. it's very clever the way it works. But crikey. Honestly, what? Uh, 
I suppose then I suppose that's the thing though if you, if you uh if you've never hit it before it doesn't make any sense of of well why change it we've never made that mistake before think about how many races Hamilton has had with the magic on and the magic off he's never once hit it so I suppose I don't think they'll change it you know it's it's about 40 grand to to change a steering wheel steering wheels are really expensive Mm. I, I don't think they'll change it. I think they'll just be like, no. "Well, mate, don't hit it again." Um, and also, the other <laughs> thing is, um, you could probably notice as well because it is on. There is a little readout that says what his bias is on. And if you've ever watched Hamilton as he's going around the track, he uh, he adjusts quite beautifully, actually. This glorious chore- choreography of his of his um, brake changes. Um, he changes the balance as he's going around. So uh, this was just a moment of not not noticing but what i thought was weird and um let me just stick my tin foil hat on and then start talking like this is um just before he started the race he said on the radio oh guys this is um this is not a sprint this is a marathon and I thought he was on yeah. about like just the race. I was like, no, mate, this is a two-lap sprint. It's a sprint. Yeah. Like, that was but, exactly what I said. I was like, what's he on about? <laughs> but he was actually talking about the the season as a whole. So mm. with the tin foil hat on, a teeny tiny part of me thinks that Lewis was like, well, I've seen Verstappen go out, and I want a fair fight. So um, nah. let's just leave the magic on. Surely oh, guys, not. did I leave the magic on? No. Oopsies. So um, and it, taking the hat off now, um, it's all very daft, I know. But it was it certainly kept it exciting. And hey, as a result, the the tide has not changed from Monaco. Verstappen mm-hmm. is still in the lead. So who knows from here out? But do I think that Hamilton's ever going to make that mistake again? No, I don't. But I screamed as well, like, like, uh, well, not like quite Mark like Mark Webber. Webber. I'm not sure I can <laughs> scream quite like that. Um, but yeah, it was certainly the perfect ending to uh, to Baku. It's definitely given us a lot to talk about and plenty mm-hmm. of news to follow before we hit Paul Ricard. <laughs> Which sounds like we just got to a man and punched him, right? Just... <laughs> I hate you, Paul. Yeah, God damn it, Paul. <laughs> so that is the track, Paul Ricard, uh, <laughs> in Paris. Yeah, I think Mercedes have got to really count the lucky stars that they've got France and then two uh, race weekends at Austria. You know, call it the Styrian Grand Prix if you want to. We're racing at the same circuit. Um, if it wasn't those sort of three circuits or two circuits uh, coming up, then you'd have to say that sort of Mercedes would be facing one of their biggest challenges since they came back into the sport, in my view, let's say from about 2013 to 14. But, um, but yes, they've... They've very rarely been in this position, have they, Mercedes, where they've essentially shot themselves in the foot. It's, it's fully on them, not only the pit stop when it came to uh, Monaco, but the, the incident here with Hamilton and and the, the long pit stops as well when it came to Hamilton also. And when you consider that now they've got the, the Red Bull syndrome where they, are, they essentially only have one uh, driver who's driving at the front, the other one's floundering a bit, only adds to their woes. And when you consider that Toto Wolf refused to speak to the media on Friday when it came to the poor practice performances that uh, his team had, you've got to think that um, Mercedes are getting more and more rattled. I think we saw and we discussed that they were quite clearly rattled after Monaco, but 
This result only adds to that when you consider that uh, Red Bull are now extending their their dominance in terms of points in the constructors. Yes, the, the drivers' championship is is still up for grabs, but um, if you're Mercedes, you know which one you want to win more than the other one with respect to Lewis Hamilton. Um, so yeah, a lot of soul searching, a lot of um, questions have to be asked uh, at Mercedes, and I think, as I said at the start, I think Mercedes needs to understand that they need to go and change up their driver lineup. Bottas, in my view, doesn't work with Mercedes anymore. I say he should go to Alpine because where else can he go that's not at the back of the grid? Um, so, mm, questioning times for Mercedes for sure. But will they come back? I'm sure they will come back. I, I wouldn't rule them out of fighting for the constructors down to the very last race and indeed uh, to the drivers as well because of the, the talent they have, the car they have and the, the circuits that are still to come. But um, yeah, Mercedes are in the trenches right now and I think really they've got a fight on their hands for the first time in a while. How will they respond? Because this isn't the sort of Mercedes-Ferrari fight of a while back where, yes, Vettel was in and around, and yes, Ricardo was in and around for Red Bull uh, a few years prior. This is uh, a, full, a fully-fledged attack on their dominance, and um, they've never really had to deal with anything like this since 2013. So do they still have that resilience in their bank? We'll, we'll soon find out. And so ends episode 11 of F1 in Review. Thank you very much for tuning in to this episode where we dissected the chaos and the joy and wonder that was Baku 2021. It's clear to me and I think everyone who watches F1 that we desperately missed it last year and it's come back with a bang this year and then some. Uh, there'll be no racing next weekend. The next uh, race weekend starts on the 18th of June. We're in France. That continues on to the 20th of June as normal. Uh, but until then, we'll be dissecting more about what's happened at Baku and the latest news and developments relating to F1 and the world of motorsport. Until next time, thank you very much for listening.